someone said something to me the other day about the Bible. Nah, I can't remember. What yeah, it was. whatever. Yeah, anyway. Nah, it nah, it's good to see you again. It's good to see you. Yeah. It's good to be back on the pod. Oh, it's great. All right, like a drink of water. You got a topic for today? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, let's start the show. Welcome to The Crunch, the only podcast that takes advantage of its local municipality's lack of late fees at the library. It's your boy, Ethan. And I'm in massive amounts of credit card debt because of all the <laughs> library fines I have to play, pay here in the in the, the Carnegie Library of Pittsburgh. You spend $150,000 on what you could have got for $150,000 of late fees at the library. Are I'm you... Matt Damon. This is Goodwill Hunting. Oh, okay. I was, like, I was like, for a second, I thought you were trying to do a Dave yeah. Ramsey impression. No, 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 And no, I was like, no, that's no. not at it's all like, what he sounds like. A dollar fifty in late fees yeah. at the library. <laughs> Matt Damon. <laughs> I'm Matt Damon in The Departed. <laughs> I'm... <laughs> you can't... I'm... I'm Matt Damon, and we bought a zoo. <laughs> I'm Matt Damon in that one space movie. I'm Matt Damon in the Born Identity. <laughs> I wonder, I wonder who my dad is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Matt Damon in that new movie Stillwater that no one saw. Oh, it was is that that movie with Tom Holland where it's like a bunch of devil people? No, no, I don't know which one you're talking about. No, I don't know either. That was Robert Pattinson. Yeah. What was the difference? I still... Well... (laughs) Uh, Oh, oh, oh. I'm Matt Damon in Ocean's Eleven. Why is everyone older than me and know what's going on? But I don't. What? (laughs) Matt Damon... uh, Okay. Have you seen that? Have you seen that interview with Bo Burnham and like three other established comedians? No. Matt Damon in that movie, Ocean's Eleven, has the same energy as Bo Burnham. So it's... Yes. It's Bo Burnham... Uh, Mark Marin, mm-hmm. Raymond, what's his name? <laughs> Ray Ramo, Ray Romano, Ray Romano. <laughs> Raymond of Everybody Loves Fame, yes. and then that one guy who played that Hydra uh, Hydra senator in Avengers. I don't know what else he was. Oh, in. he's dead now. Oh, that's sad. I know. I forget his name though. Yeah, but anyway, he was there too, and so it's Bo Burnham and all these really old comedians, and he he starts off the interview by saying Gary like, Shandling. Oh. Yeah, yeah, and so he goes, he goes, I. I just as a young comedian, just like speaking speaking for all the young people here, I I'd love to know who are you. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. And you could tell Mark Marin did not like that. He That's was so very funny. upset. And you could tell like for the rest of the for the rest of the interview, Mark Marin keeps trying to dunk on Bo Burnham, but he's too quick because he grew up on the internet. Yeah. And so <laughs> and so Bo Burnham is telling this story about this comedian. He's like Oh, you know, like this comedian, he used to do this this bit with like he would use like a like a black sock as like a puppet, and Mark Marin goes, "Oh, I hate him already," and everyone laughs, and then Bo Burnham goes, oh, "Okay, okay, it was a white sock," and then he moves, <laughs> <laughs> and then Ray, Ray Romano looks so uncomfortable, he's like, "Ha ha." <laughs> Is there ever a point where Ray Romano doesn't look uncomfortable? That's true. Maybe he just does look uncomfortable, but I. Yeah. If do you think if we do this podcast long enough that we could get Ray Romano on the podcast? I think it's possible. <laughs> if you put out all the possibilities in the world, I'm sure that'd be one of them. <laughs> Ray Romano, Catholic faith, <laughs> Control F, Catholic. Oh no, hits Control F, Christian. Oh, Control F, Jewish. No, see, no, what he's definitely he? Italian. Well, yeah, but that's so he has to be. Control F Jewish question. <laughs> um, I I do want to say one thing since you brought up Judaism. Okay. Okay. I was walking through. I was walking through. Never mind. This is a story for off the pod. <laughs> okay. That's probably yeah, why. Anyway, say your thing. We've we've learned so much. <laughs> it's, um, it's true. Uh, you ready for my my new theory? My new my my hard hitting educational theory. Is it a game theory? It's not a game theory. I feel as if the way to uh, make people pay more attention to history 
because we always talk about history on this podcast. Yeah, you know? we we talk too much about history. On this is I feel like when you're educating your children, whether you are a history teacher or you are a parent, getting to the point where you flip to uh, seemingly inconsequential but potentially very consequential figures of history uh-huh. and give them the different names. So I was thinking the two that come to my mind are what if you taught your kids that Eli Whitney and Gavrilo Princip were the were the opposite? You know what I mean? I got the first one. I don't got the second one. Gavrilo Princip is the guy that shot Archduke Franz Ferdinand. <laughs> so what if we were like, this is this is Gavrilo Princip. He oh, we like Gavrilo Princip. Everyone's he like, made Why? the cotton. He made gin. the cotton gin. <laughs> no, like, I thought it was. I thought it was Sufan Sufan. How many? What other one? I, I want to think of more that are on that level of like, um, we we want to make sure people are really paying attention. So we're gonna sprinkle in these little inaccuracies. What right? What if we, if we're keeping on the on the would it would it be too difficult to switch a president with this with the guy who tried to assassinate him or actually did? I think it would be. That I'm would be a little more difficult. On like let's switch Thomas Paine and Thomas More. You know, like <laughs> things that are not like they're not going to ruin your day, but they're going to be like, wait a minute, oh, I might have got that wrong. Maybe I should go read more books. King Henry the Eighth with King Henry the Fifth. That's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, how about one of them's one of them's famous for you know reinstating the Tudor dynasty, and the other one is is famous for really trying hard to make sure the Tudor dynasty kept going. <laughs> 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 trying a bit too hard. Changing about, religion. <laughs> how about um, Paul Revere <laughs> and Walter Cronkite? <laughs> <laughs> I panicked. That was good. No, I don't think you'd be able to go that reason. I was thinking. I was thinking like uh, Lawrence of Arabia <laughs> and Larry the Cable Guy, <laughs> Benjamin Franklin, and. Renee Descartes. <laughs> so that would that would be actually, if you think about that, getting back to the original point of the question, Eli Whitney and Gavrilo Princip work because they're so dissimilar. <laughs> I think that's the and best yet, one. And yet they're so obscure that there's yeah. no, yeah, like you didn't even know who one of them was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think, think about this. If you go to facebook.com slash group slash the Crunchcast, you give me your top two switcheroos of history. Uh, <laughs> I this, might. This, now it's time for Ethan's top two switcheroos. Top two switcheroos. I will I will potentially Venmo you whatever I have in my Venmo right now. Ooh. So it could be as little as seventeen cents. It could be as much as five hundred dollars. Who pretty knows? Much the cap, honestly. Yeah, this is the cap. I never have more than that ever. You better you better hope I don't Venmo you this next week's next month's uh, Patreon. <laughs> I really hope that you Venmo me next month's Patreon as soon as possible. They have to kind of be from the same time period. I feel mm. like in order to really make it work. Are Eli Whitney and they're not in the same time period? But nobody knows that. Oh, okay. Sorry. You so you have to I mean? make sure like, nobody knows that. I get it. Oh, I have a really good one. Okay. The yeah. the uh, the theologian N. T. Wright. Okay. Okay. With E. B. White, the guy who wrote Charlotte's Web. <laughs> the guy. The guy who wrote the Trumpet of the Swan. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I had a friend in class who was trying to like who was trying to reference a theologian, and he said E. B. White. That's so funny. Or no, no, he was. It was a. It was a regular conversation. It wasn't in class. Mm-hmm. But I was like, but he was like, I think it was like E. B. White, and I was like, no, that's the guy who wrote Charlotte's Web. I was like, mm-hmm. I was like nodding. I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. I'm like, wait, I'm picturing his name, and I'm picturing it above a drawing of a girl and a pig and a spider. Never mind. That's that, nope, that guy's not that's a different. Alert. Different guy. Different guy. Totally. Different guy. Different guy. What else did he write? He wrote Trump of the Swan, and he wrote Charlotte's, Charlotte's Web, Web, and he wrote. What do you think? How about this? We get into a topic. Sure, I, I'm. You're just gonna cut that down, right? You're just. Gonna, oh, like, um, it's way getting cut down. All the pauses are gonna, it's gonna sound like we did one after the other. Like a lot boom, of boom, editing, boom, boom. A lot, a lot of editing, editing on that one. And if we come up with another one later in the episode, I'll just splice it back in time. <laughs> so it just sounds like we had thousands just ready, just ready to go, just off the tongue. J. Edgar Hoover. Okay. And and uh uh uh, uh who's who was what was his first name McCarthy. Cormac McCarthy. Cormac, no, 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 no. <laughs> the Red Scare guy. Yeah. Um. Honestly, what's the difference? Uh, William MacArthur. Sure. William MacArthur. <laughs> Doug. <laughs> William MacArthur and McCarthy. 
I mean, that's a really that's really funny. He's Ulysses William S. Grant. <laughs> is William MacArthur a president? You could get probably I don't know probably uh, Billy Mac. You could you could you could you could switch up the presidents pretty easily. Something else you could do you could, if you if you really want to get your kid in trouble, you could switch the generals from the Civil War. That's you pretty just good. Flip those guys yes, around real quick. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Old Andrew Stonewall Jackson really fought and died for our country. He really like, did. That's why for they the, called him the, Stonewall. For the north part of our country. He protected the northern boundaries. Thank goodness country. for Andrew Stonewall Jackson. Really happy that he did that. Yeah, really happy that Ulysses S. Grant, screw that guy. <laughs> Fighting for <laughs> the, where the so... guys out there. Just hate him. Gosh, he's the worst. Oh, man. Rule number one for the, the, rule number one for the top two switcheroos, no Hitler. you can't do hitler i also feel like you can't do anyone in the past 50 years yeah you know and it has like not even 50 the past 100 years like they've really got to be really got to be old 19th century or earlier but you can't go so old because you can't be like uh 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 jesus and you know like and cyrus of persia yeah like well that maybe so maybe like ramses the second but that wouldn't yeah. have any like consequences of how your kid no understands one, no the world. No, no, no. The sweet spot, the sweet spot is definitely enlightenment to the turn of the century. Absolutely, definitely. That's that just a prime real estate. It's for there's really so so much happened. You know, yes. you could easily swap like Thomas Aquinas and William of Ockham. You know, th- so, that, those are so Thomas Aquinas is in the Enlightenment now. That's a, a, a decision you've made. That's what I've made. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you don't, you don't think Thomas Aquinas was was enlightened? No, he was in the Scholastic period. You rube. I was I was saying someone from the Enlightenment after oh, I said Thomas yeah, Aquinas, gotcha, but I realized gotcha. they need to both be in the Enlightenment. Yeah, you could yeah, do yeah. William of Ockham, William of Ockham, of Ockham's Razor fame, mm-hmm. and John Locke, William of Ockham, <laughs> George Washington Carver, and George Washington, and Cesar Chavez, <laughs> Martin Luther King, and Martin Luther. <laughs> they can't be that similar. No. This is not the game. George Washington Carver, Car, George Washington Carver, and Hugo Chavez. I said Cesar Chavez. Cesar Chavez. Yeah, That's the guy better. who fought for rights. That's in, better. I, yeah. was, I was like, <laughs> see, that's the thing. It's just like Cesar Chavez was this guy who researched peanuts, and he was like super smart, and everybody loved him. <laughs> like nobody would say anything, right? Yeah. Could, George Washington Carver was this guy who fought for immigrant, migrant, farmer rights. They'd be like, oh, totally. Awesome. Like, it makes it so much sense. That's what. I'm, that's the sweet spot. That's what I'm looking for. Not Hugo. I just feel like there's so. I feel like it's such a good. We're just not on it. I know. There's so many good. There's so many good options. You just. You just killed it with the first one. With the first one. I know that was why I thought there would be more. Knocked it out of the park. The only other good one was George Washington Carver and Hugo Chavez. I know. Sorry, (laughs) Caesar Chavez. Caesar Chavez. I just have a freakish memory about history class. Like these are all things that we learned, like just factoids that we learned in history class. That then we. Catherine the Great. And uh, Betsy Ross. Betsy. <laughs> Betsy Ross is a good one. <laughs> so we need Betsy Ross. No, no, no. Clara Barton and Betsy Ross would be fun to see. That's switch, funny. They're, That's they're, really they're, good. Yeah. There you go. Now you're on it. <laughs> because no, because th- that one, that one would be fun. Because if your There's, kid said that in class, your teacher would be like, "Oh yeah, that makes sense." Then he wouldn't yeah. think about it until later at dinner. They'd be like, "Wait, no, no, no. That was Clara Barton." <laughs> yes. To be honest, I don't know who Clara Barton is. Clara Barton invented the Red Cross. She invented so, red crosses. No, there's no, no, one the other woman. There's one other woman who had three names in that time period. I can't remember. It's not Elizabeth Ann Seton, but it's um, Susan B. Anthony. Susan B. Anthony. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. Susan B. Anthony and Betsy Ross would be a good one. Uh, I don't Mary know who... Wollstonecraft and oh, hold on, Simone hold on. de Beauvoir. How about Susan B. Anthony and and um, Fiora Nightingale? Sure, <laughs> sure. Isn't wasn't she the nurse? I think so. Yeah. That's Florence Nightingale. Florence. Gosh, who the hell is Fiora Nightingale? I don't know. I, 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 I'm afraid that I may be mistaken in Florence Nightingale as a band. Um, <laughs> but we're not, this you're is not, so, this we're is not taking bad. it any way out. The women are so much more fun. Marie Antoinette and... Um, oh, yeah. Marie Antoinette and... Oh, my gosh. Jane Austen. Otto von Bismarck and Pappy Van Winkle. <laughs> This is difficult. It is so hard. This is a hard game because you can't just do a cop out and do sounds like, you know. No. Or... 
It's got to be like it's got to be like the whole premise is if your kid went into school thinking this, they thinking would be this. ridiculed. They would be ridiculed and or they would go 20 years <laughs> completely like incorrect about completely something. unaware, completely unaware. Totally unaware that the, and their world would get shattered at some point. You could switch up Mark Twain and Albert Einstein cuz they look the same. You can switch up me exactly me and Matt Damon cuz we look the same. <laughs> okay, great. Full circle. Let's uh let's go to a topic or something. I don't know. All right, I'm in. I got 30 minutes. we got to do 30 minute topics. Yeah, 30 minute topics. 10 minute topics. Everybody send in your send in your 10 minute topics right now. We'll talk about them real quick. Um Is your is your chair okay? My chair's fine. I'm just you're, really <laughs> You're okay. I I need you I to recognize understand. now that I look very short. I need you to video. understand something in the business we call headspace. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How about this? Let me just Perfect. You now you have no headspace. <laughs> hey. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. I recently went to a friend's father's funeral mm-hmm. uh, on Saturday. And uh, I'm probably just not going to say who it is. It's just it's not really that important, mm. you know, and I don't want anyone to feel weird because it's not really my thing to talk about, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'm going to talk about it without saying any specifics. So if you're listening to this, say a prayer for the family and for the, the man who died. Um, I'm sure it's, it's not hidden knowledge, but I just, you know, I always feel weird about that kind of stuff. So I went to a funeral on Saturday and it was a three and a half hour drive from Oklahoma city. Uh, Emma had to work. So I just went by myself mm-hmm. and I spent most of the way there in silence, just contemplating and thinking and praying and trying to make sense of everything just because this guy died, you know, earlier than he should have. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was, it's just like one of those things where it's like, man, this whole, and, and, on top of that, I'm about to start leading Bible study with, with some guys at UCO, University of Central Oklahoma, to help out the focus team there because I don't have any male missionaries. Hmm. It's just three ladies and me uh, <laughs> and the other guys in the area who are able to help out because um, all of us added up together equal one regular one male man focus missionary. missionary. <laughs> yes. Um, and, and I just prepped this study on Adam, and we obviously are doing the Bible cast. Shout out the Bible cast. And just the fact that Adam chose death, which is just kind of a crazy thing when you mm-hmm. think about it, because it's just not a happy thing for anyone. No, it's very not good. It's it's not like nobody is overjoyed at the fact that someone is dead, typically. Yeah. Um, like there's kind of that token like, oh, well, this is good because he's in heaven you know, or whatever. But it's like, come on. You know, it's, nobody's actually thinking that. Everyone's just like, this blows right this now sucks. like this yeah. is so bad um and i was thinking about how death comes for you and it comes for me and the only proper response to death is is living really really well and i i just spent like this whole car ride just really thinking about like okay 
the the week that I had last week, right? Is that the kind of week that I want to have leading up to my death? You know, mm-hmm. like kind of this whole the memento mori is really kind of what I'm getting at. But um, I just I, I'm frustrated at the fact that we as serious Catholics often are told that we need to have death on our minds and like remember it, and yet we don't actually live that way. Like, it was a brand for a while. That was fun. It was a brand for a while. But if you really, like, let me ask you this question. Sure. Right? If you knew you were going to die a week from today, or maybe not even a week, that's that's too close, because then you'd, you wouldn't go to work. You'd just spend time with your wife. Like, yeah. that's just, that's not fair. If you knew you were going to die exactly a year from today, right, and you knew you didn't have enough, this is hypothetical, you didn't have enough expenses to, like, not work. Like, you had to work, you know, like, you, you couldn't just quit your job and do whatever you wanted. For a year, um, yeah. For a year, right? Like you had to, you had to go to work and still do your job. Um, how, what would, you, how would you live your life differently next week? Because I think that's such an interesting mm-hmm. question, and it really puts so many things into perspective. I mean, I think I would, I think I would be more intentional with my time, and mm-hmm. I don't just mean that in the vague sense that we use the word intentional. Uh-huh. I mean that'd be like I would actually sit down at the end of the week and be like, what does my next week look like? Yeah. And what are, what is important to me? And are those things getting scheduled first? Like with the time, limited time that I have, am I, you know, for instance, saying like, I have to do all of this next week for my job. But Mm -hmm. if I did all of that, I wouldn't be able to spend time with my wife. So some of this is going to have to be put aside. And I'm going to need to like spend time with my wife and spend time with my, you know, my friends and my family, that sort of thing. Um, I barring like, obviously if I was spending my last year on earth, I'd probably move back to Florida to be with my family, you know, but Mm -hmm. like, and like, let's pretend that that's not in the, in the, um, in the cards right now. Um, let's say I had this job down there. I probably Mm -hmm. wouldn't, live my life much differently yeah. than I do now. I don't, I don't think anything substantial would change. Like the week thing is different, you know, like mm-hmm. we'll live this day. Like it's your last, don't do that. Uh, because <laughs> you don't have enough time to fit everything in. Yeah. I, I, I think I, I, I would, I would do a lot of things. Like I would make sure that my life is set in order so that, you know, Phoebe knows where the, the life insurance paper is and you know like i thought you were gonna say like phoebe knows where the casserole pan is like just <laughs> it's a secret knowledge i've been hiding in my head like she has no clue and i'll finally tell her so that she can make a casserole when i'm gone <laughs> i will i will i will make sure that phoebe is with me when i make food you know that sort of yes. thing yeah, we'll yeah. have discussions about like you know plans i don't yeah i i think um hmm. i think that's my answer i think my the way that I view my time would not be haphazard anymore. It wouldn't be like, mm-hmm. well, because this, this week was markedly different from last week. Last week I went in like without abandon. I was like, whatever happens, happens. I just yeah. need to get stuff done. It would just work, 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 work. And, but at the end of the week, I was like, I am going to plan my week out on Friday. And so I did. Mm-hmm. And then this today I, I came into work and I was like, I know what I'm doing today and I know there's stuff that I have to do tomorrow, but it's tomorrow. So I don't have mm-hmm. to do it tomorrow. I don't have to do it today. I can do it tomorrow. And so that, that was freeing. So there, there wasn't, there mm-hmm. wasn't a sense of urgency. And so that kind of intentionality has let me, you know, be like, I'm not stressed out going into the podcast. I can focus on the podcast. I'm not stressed right. out going in. Now, of course there were events that there were unexpected events that came up. I can talk about that on the podcast. My, sure. my my grandfather passed away. You know that. Right. And I didn't intend to pick this pod, this topic so that you went. I also went to a funeral this weekend. So yeah. I wasn't <laughs> picking it just because your grandpa died. I'm so sorry. But the, um, the yes, please pray for my family and for this old, my grandfather. He's amazing. His name is Patrick. Also, he, I am his name. Is he Patrick Nevy the first? Yeah. Golly. I know. There's one less Patrick okay. Nevy alive. That sucks. I know. We're now pretty, it's really we're pretty just great. you, your dad, and the guy that drives race cars in Italy or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And the and the bodybuilder. And the bodybuilder. No, no, the guy who drove race cars also died. Oh he did? Yeah, he did. Yeah, it was recent. <laughs> Shoot. The guy the the the, the Pat Nevy bodybuilder, he DM'd me on Facebook. He was like, Hey, did you hear that other Patrick Nevy died? I was like, Yeah, I did. That sucks. That didn't happen. No, it did. 
I no, you, you literally the Patrick Debbie bodybuilder from the 1970s reached out to me on Facebook and was like, "Hey, we have the same name." I'm like, "Dude, I know who you are. I've googled my name before." <laughs> Did you know there's also a web developer? He's not in this group chat. Uh, anyway, I don't believe any of that happened. Can no, I just say dude, that? I'm not. I would not lie to you about this. Uh, yes, you would. But <laughs> <laughs> but the the fact that the fact that, that unexpected thing came up has mm-hmm. made my life a lot easier because now I'm not like, oh no, I have this juggle and all these things. So I, that's my answer. I would live my life more intentionally. And that's a concrete way that I would do that. How about you? Well, I want to... Top tier I podcast love what you transition. said. What? Top tier podcast transition. Now that I've answered that question, how about you, Ethan? Would you like to receive the conversation football? <laughs> would you like to take the talking stick? <laughs> um, I love what you said about the freedom. Like you gave yourself more, you, you were more intentional with your, your, your time and that gave you more freedom. And that is, I think something that we hear about from a lot of people or you just read like you, maybe not everybody knows someone who's terminally ill. Um, most people don't probably, but if you read these stories and you hear people talk about their lives when they hear like, Oh, I've got a year to live. I got two years to live. I've got maybe 10 years to live, you know, mm-hmm. like, and if they respond with that response, which a lot of people do because they recognize, oh, shoot, I can't just float through life. I have to take it very seriously because I don't know when when this is going to be over, um, either because of some disease usually or, or something. Um, but they, those people are always the most free people. They're not the ones crying in the in the hospital room. They're not the ones that are freaking out. They're not the ones that are losing their their marbles at everything. They're They're free because they've chosen to be to have that intentionality and they've chosen to not concern themselves with it. And so this is the thing that I wanted to talk about. Right. And I want to get back to your, your, how about you? Because I think it's, it's good, but the, we all are going to die. Yeah. Right. Like we're all terminally ill. We're all terminally ill with, with humanity. (laughs) (laughs) I've contracted this disease called being human and having a fallen nature. And so death is coming for me. So, like, why don't we all, all the time, have that freedom and that intentionality? Like, that is the, that's what the Christian life gives us is, hey, death is not the end. However, death is an end, right? And and you don't get any do-overs. You don't get reincarnated. You don't get um, a chance to, to fight a demigod after you've died to earn your place in some babylonian heaven no, no, no. i you, don't know the, if you please the gods you get a constellation you get to become a star forever right which sounds you don't like get to it become, sucks yeah i don't want to be i'm already a ball of hot burning gas I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't i don't need to be a collection of balls of hot burning gas um <laughs> like the the what jesus promised us was you, you may have to experience this um physical death but the eternal death it just doesn't exist anymore. Like I've 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 done away with it. And for whatever reason, when we live our lives every single day, like we just don't acknowledge the fact that this is all coming to a close. And we don't have freedom. And I I want to live from a place of freedom. I don't know about you. I think that deep down, we don't want to admit this to ourselves, but I think deep down, every single one of us thinks that we're the exception to the rule of everyone dies. Yes. And <laughs> and it's not going to come back to, to bite me the way that I'm spending my time now. Like, yeah. I'm not going to have any regrets. Like, there's the no regrets thing, you know? No ragrets. No ragrets, which is a way to justify doing stupid stuff. But I also think that people live in a way like, oh, I try to live without any regrets. I think that's so dumb. I have so many regrets about how I've lived my life. <laughs> yeah. I wasted so much time in college. I have wasted I wasted so much time last week. Like I've chosen to invest my time and energy and attention into things that are fruitless endeavors mm-hmm. and have, have borne me no no fruit and I've gained no benefits from any of them. And it would be silly to just say, Oh yeah, I have no regrets about how I've lived my life is pretty good. Um because that just is like a a mindset of lack of self-examination and a lack of desire to actually grow. So to answer your question, 
um, like the one thing that I kept coming to in the car that I was just freaked out about was like, you really gotta, you really gotta get rid of your smartphone, Ethan. You really gotta do it. Oh, you really dang, no, you a- can't get rid of your smartphone because then I'm gonna get rid of my smartphone after I go to your wet. Never mind. I'll yes, be fine. Ethan doesn't have a TV. Patrick sells his TV. Ethan uh, gets a flip phone. Patrick gets a flip phone. <laughs> Ethan has a boom arm. Patrick. <laughs> Patrick gets a has boom arm. The boom arm. Um, the boom Armageddon, baby. But it's it's such, it seems like a silly thing, and I feel like I've talked about it so many times. But I was driving to this funeral, and I was like, I don't want to live under the under the the dominion of this object any longer. Mm, mm-hmm. I just don't. Um, and and it's a symbol for lots of other things. Like I don't want to live under the dominion of YouTube, right? Which is why I'm. Who knows how many days sober from YouTube at this point? Like a month and 15 days or something like that. Um, and if you stop it for a while and like, like I I've, I stopped watching YouTube for a while and like I came back to it. So I'll just check out like the channels that I subscribe to. And I was like, yeah, never mind. I just like, I just, like, I just right. saw what was posted. And I was like, actually, you know, if you, if you're not constantly in it, it's like fast food. If you don't eat mm-hmm. it, your body doesn't crave it. Yeah. And there was a, I'm in this kind of email chain right now. Mm. There's a bunch of people in Oklahoma City who all kind of committed to doing a fast Mm -hmm. together. And people just share regularly, like, what are the fruits that they're seeing from this fast, which is super cool. Um, And someone said something the other day about how he really struggles with, like, distraction. And a lot of the things that you and I struggle with just, you know, filling my mind with things that are unimportant, Mm -hmm. um, vain intellectual pursuits, the feeling that I have to like know a ton about something in order to be able to understand it. And then when I finally understand it, then I can move on. And you just like, it's so easy to distract yourself and just try to like learn a bunch of stuff. Yeah. And he said that he went and prayed. I don't know where he went. He said he went and prayed on some mountain. There's no mountains in Oklahoma. I don't know where he (laughs) went, but he went up to a high place and he prayed. Yeah. And he just received in prayer the the idea that what St. Paul says, I, I resolve to know nothing except Christ and him crucified, which I think is in Corinthians. It's wild. Yeah. Um, and how we, we just need to be receptive and he's going to give us what we need. And the only thing we need to know, like positively, is the fact that God came and died for us and saved us. And everything else is just like optional. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's that's the, the proper view of death, I think, is to say, well, this is the true the only way to truly see death and understand it is through the lens of the cross. And so this is how I have to think about it. You know? I'll report back in a couple of weeks <laughs> after uh the funeral, but mm-hmm. This is the first funeral I'll have gone to in a while. Mm-hmm. Certainly the first. It's the it's the biggest death that I've ever experienced. Like yeah. in yeah, there the, the the it's it's because it's someone who I was so close with for so long. the The only comparable death in my family was uh, my my three year old cousin Maggie. Um, she passed away from brain cancer. Um, when I was younger and that was really hard, but I, I mean, it, I experienced it differently. Obviously that was a tragic death. So like, obviously it's hard to, hard to say this one hit me more, but like my, my grandfather dying was like the, so I, I I'm interested to see how I react in this funeral. Cause it's easy to judge other people when I go to funerals. That being said, you ever been to a funeral in Newcastle? Uh, no funeral uh, Newcastle, Pennsylvania is the funeral capital of the world. I think, uh, I've talked about this. We've had, we had, my first month there was February. We had 31 funerals in uh, the 29 days in February. So we had more than one funeral a day on average. It's uh, one point something, whatever. But something that I noticed was um, people really wanted to get through the funeral part like really quickly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's like a, have you ever like been to a funeral home or organized a funeral before? No, 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 no. The, the funeral directors, 
it's in an Illich in an Ivan Illich fashion. It's like a funeral industrial complex. It's very yeah. much oh, like absolutely. How do we? There's parlor one. There's parlor. There's parlor one. There's parlor B. Whatever. And uh, they both supposed to look like houses. And so you can come in. There's a viewing and there's a blessing service. Quote unquote. This is invented in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh calls it blessing services. It's mm. not a funeral. Um, mm-hmm. One time, I said I was going to go do a funeral because anyone can do a funeral. Um, it's, it's not a memorial mass. The distinction is a funeral and a memorial mass. Those are the two like distinctions. And our secretary laughed at me. She's like, you're not a priest. You can't do a funeral. Like, don't tell any people you're doing funerals. You're doing a blessing service. I'm like, blessing services aren't a thing. That's not real. Just mm-hmm. something that people in Pittsburgh call it. I've been, I've been to a few. It takes, it takes, uh, it takes 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're in and out. Yeah. Oh yeah. You go and you, you see, you see the deceased and then you're in and out and then you close the casket and you go and you bury them. And the funeral directors will say like, oh yeah, you don't really like, you don't need to do a mass. You can just do it here. And then you hear like, oh my gosh, then the, the people who are organizing the funeral, they're like it's cheaper and like, oh, that's so great. Like, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, it's hard because like Illich is, is the point that Illich makes. He's like, people used to die in their beds beds in their homes in their homes yeah. surrounded by their family on the land they owned i'm pretty sure emma's grandma died like in like emma's parents basement or something that's just crazy was... yeah because yeah. now you're born in a hospital you die you in die a in a hospital right. and that you die in someone else you you die in a bed that you're paying someone to, to sleep in that's crazy. you know and if then anybody's if my kids are listening to this you better not let me die in a hospital and then and then and then what you do you go then you get buried in uh you go, you go, and you get, um, you go to a funeral home, and mm-hmm. you lay in state in a fake house that someone else owns, mm-hmm. uh, and then they take you and they put you in the ground, um, or they set you on fire. Um, yeah, yeah. We're not gonna talk about cremation. I can't right now. But uh, my kids are listening to this. Don't cremate me. Please don't cremate me. I I really don't want to talk about cremation right now. We don't have to talk okay, about cool. cremation. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, like hard stop on this. But yeah, um, yeah it's. It's crazy because it's a, it's a disconnect of the person. It's not, it's, it's like we need mm-hmm. to stop one thing that one result of the way that we look at death is this, this kind of conveyor belt of mm-hmm. life. You know, mm-hmm. you go into the hospital and you're born and then you go and you're on the conveyor belt and you go to, you go to childcare because your right. mom's also on a, on a different conveyor belt. So you got to go, right. you got to go to childcare and then you go to school and then you're on that conveyor belt, and so you can go to college, or you can go on the dead end conveyor belt. Um, because, yeah, you can go to army. Yeah, or you can go to army conveyor belt, and then yeah. you go on the job conveyor belt, and then you go to the retirement conveyor belt, which is a broken conveyor belt, um, and they don't tell you about that broken conveyor belt until you're 50, and then yep. you die, and you go on the death conveyor belt. Mm-hmm. And we've made what well, we've managed to make of ourselves is an incredibly efficient system of life and death. Yes, but it's entirely devoid of meaning yes and that's why people are nihilists it's because like Mm -hmm. what's the point like oh yeah you're so right this this system that we've created of life and death is pointless but there's so much meaning i mean like it's the the problem with this conveyor belt is not that it makes life meaningless that's not what it does but if you take it on its own it makes life look meaningless Mm -hmm. and i was very i was very sad that my grandpa died in a hospice facility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's where he needed to be. Sure. But it's sad that he didn't die in the house that he owned. Um, right. It's sad that right. he had to move out of the house that he owned mm-hmm. uh, into a smaller home. It's sad that he wasn't surrounded by us. I don't actually know who was with him when he died, but maybe he didn't want to be surrounded by people. That's fine too. That's sad. Um, Mm-hmm. And it's because, and the fact that that's not the norm is sad because it, yes. it, it's, we shelter kids from death for a very long time and we don't, they don't, they don't know what it, what death, and then they're not, they're not prepared to experience it as adults. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not prepared to experience death. Like death is, is, I was, <laughs> it, I think my I was I was thinking a lot about death earlier this year because yeah. I think something was going on with grandpa at the time which 
mm-hmm. triggered it for me. My confession, my worst fear from the time I was three until like maybe 10 was my grandpa dying. Like that was mm-hmm. my biggest fear. Honestly, probably afterwards. Like if you were like biggest fear, I'd be like, uh, spiders, grandpa dying. Um, Dang. every, every mass I would pray like now the intentions we hold in the privacy of our hearts, I would first pray for my grandpa's long life on earth. Wow. I prayed that it's like a reflex now every mm-hmm. until this day I did that. And like, so, so this death is, is, is probably going to hit me incredibly hard, but I was thinking about death earlier. This, How old was he? He was like 88, 89. That's, that's pretty. Long. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Prayer answered. Yeah. Obviously. I know. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> God did not need to answer that prayer, but he 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 really showed up, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, grandpa grandpa lived a very very long life. He's the youngest of twelve. I was thinking about this. I was like, man, everyone who knew him when he started this life is gone. Yeah, and he's ending his life with a whole new set of people, mm-hmm. you know. And I was thinking about like how everything changes. And God doesn't, because I yes. think if we if we don't if we don't contemplate death if we don't actually think about death we miss this. We miss that God was not changing forever. Mm-hmm. He was unchanging mm-hmm. forever, and He invented a world that changed for some reason to teach us something. And I'm interested to know what that something is. <laughs> this is kind of a a left turn. Um, but it's also something that I've been thinking about and wanted to share on the podcast that I forgot that I was thinking about. Cool. On the but obviously something triggered it. So let's go. I know. Well, it's the, the, you said that God is unchanging. You remember how we joke on the Bible cast that, uh, when God is, uh, like the people are upset about the problem of evil. Yeah. And they're like, why does God allow evil to happen? And then when God punishes evil in the old Testament, they're like, why is God so mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, which still just baffles me. But I've been thinking about how God has uh, traditionally used, um, and God always does the same thing, so it's not, he doesn't change. Uh, He's he's traditionally used the same methods to uh, rebuke a nation that has fallen away. Mm -hmm. Let's let's go through those, uh, shall we? Oh, no. Number one, plagues. (laughs) Number two, drought. Number three, defeat in war. Number four, bad leaders. Um, number five, natural disasters. Let's just think about that for a second. Think about where we're at as a country. <laughs> yeah. Um, and maybe I'm doing a bit of proof texting, but I think there's some validity to to the comparison. And it's we can't make light of the fact that, like, yes, people are dying from the coronavirus, right? Mm. People have died from Hurricane Ida this week. People mm-hmm. died in Afghanistan. Uh, people die because of bad decisions that are made at the federal government level that cause people to die of opioid overdoses and uh, unemployment, then like lose their jobs. And like, there's just lots of things that happen. People die in the droughts because they can't eat or they die in the heat. People die because there's, um, wildfires like there's all kinds of things people are dying from all these things right now and everybody's freaking out and they're like it's climate change <laughs> <laughs> which it it might be right it's i'm probably, not discounting it, uh, it, it might because of that, right oh it's because of you know trump did this or because biden did this or because of this government did this or because this group of people did this and then the response is well how are we going to solve this how are we going to fix these problems and it just seems like things keep mounting higher and higher in the death toll from stuff in 2021 and 2022 or 2020, 2021 keeps going higher and higher. And we're just like, gosh, man, if only I could get the new 5G Google Pixel, then <laughs> then I would have been able to text my friends faster about the impending waves. Like, nobody's actually saying that, but like... Yeah, no. There's this thought that we can managerially and bureaucratically and administratively and technologically solve these problems. What we're dealing yeah. with is two sides of the same coin. We're dealing with an inca- an inability for us to handle death on the micro mm-hmm. scale and yes. an inability to uh, handle yeah. death on the macro scale as well. Yeah. Because what people have done throughout all of history is if everybody in their country is dying, they're like, oh, frick. 
some <laughs> deity, maybe maybe the true God or maybe some other God is mad at us. We should probably we should probably change. And even though that's very crude and not super accurate, um, let's just look at Israel, right? Like people are getting bit by snakes. They're dying. They're dying in the desert. They're they're turning to idol worship and they're they're being slain. Uh, ritual sacrifice, all of these things. The response has always been the invitation from God has been repent you stiff necked people and turn back to me and I will rescue you and I will save you from these things that you have brought upon yourself. And so I think that works from the micro to all the way to the macro, right? Cause on the micro level, we're scared of death. We don't want to face death. We don't want to deal with it. We don't want to talk about it. What's the, what's the correct response is I'm going to repent I'm going to get rid of this self-reliance and trust that even though I can't see what's on the other side, I'm going to trust that Jesus is real and he's going to take care of me and take care of the people that I love. Right. Mm -hmm. And on the macro scale, it's like, okay, the choices that we make as a country and the choices that we allow our neighbors to make every single day have an effect on those kinds of things. Right. Mm -hmm. When was the last time you went over to your neighbor's house and said, Hey, do you want to come over and have a meal and pray with us? You know, not saying that's the solution to everything, but it's one, it's a step in the right direction. Sounds like a good idea. Yeah. Like we're all just so stiff necked and just insistent that if we just wait it out, then the, then the managers and the bureaucrats and the engineers will all figure this out for us. Mm-hmm. And the divine bureaucracy. And in the meantime, uh, I'm just going to keep streaming stuff and keep uh, driving to work and keep uh, doing everything that I've been doing. Like this goes all the way back to the very beginning, like not have any intention about my life or how I spend my time. Um, and then we're shocked when things kept getting worse and people keep dying and we still have the same view of death and we're still scared by it. So we keep just filling the void with other stuff. I think all of this is just connected in some way of just this lack of trust that, that God is real and that he's conquered death ultimately. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to, like one of my prayers lately has just been like for the reconversion of America, not in this, like let's help America reconvert so that a Republican can get back in office, which is what it usually means <laughs> when you pray that at church. Yeah. Um, but like in the genuine sense, like we really do need a, just a, a turning of yes. our hearts yes. and a repentance. The historically Christian party, the Republicans. Yeah. <laughs> Cause otherwise things are just going to keep going on the path that they've, they've been going. It's like, you can wait for them to figure out climate change or, you can start preaching the gospel and just see which one actually does more good yeah. in the long term. Yeah, you can wait. You can wait for them to, you know, reinstate the Hyde Amendment, or you can just you know repent in sackcloth you can, and ashes. You can put all your hopes on the fact that the Supreme Court might overturn Roe v. Wade, or you could go and and pray and volunteer at your local you know mm-hmm. clinics. You right? can tweet, like, or you can make a difference. It's and Those but it's not about like. Or. It's not this activism thing. Like I'm not yeah. saying you should do more. I meant I'm to say saying, make. I didn't mean to say make a difference. That sounds like go and volunteer sure. at your local. Go, yeah, go make a difference. We can make a difference. Go, go make, make a difference, difference in the world. In the world. Or, 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 or. Um, I mean, I mean, you can you can tweet or you can actually like do something like prayer. Yes, like prayer. <laughs> yes, the solution is not activism. That's not what I'm trying to say. A lot of times I can come off on this podcast and say you just got to do more. It's like no, you don't have to do more, but change your mindset and see what happens when you change your mindset. Yeah. Be open to a difference in your life. Mm-hmm. Use the hours that you would use watching a thing or scrolling a thing and and look up and see what the needs around you are. It's a, it's a, it's do something about it. It's a conclusion that I've come to is that we, um, we fill our lives with, I was talking to a group of middle schoolers yesterday about, about suffering. And I was like, we use this little guy in our pockets, it's very clicky, it's very bright, mm-hmm. it's very fun, has a lot of fun games and fun videos, and we mm-hmm. do watch that, and we think, okay, if I do this, I won't have to think about how sad I am and that essay that's due on Monday. Like, I don't have to worry about right. that. I can just, I can just medicate myself with my, with the, the, I can medicate my eyes and my thoughts, and I can medicate my body, and I can, I can feel this, like, neutral existence forever. I can be fine talked about this before i could be fine forever and then i die and then i won't have to suffer a lot but yes when you suffer you understand the heart of god because christ is the full revelation of god and christ mm. suffered yes so this is like you you miss something and so when when you get rid of things that are distractions in your life like your tv like your phone 
you open your you have more space open for God to come in. St. Paul said to pray without ceasing. I honestly think the television was invented to stop us from doing that. Um Yeah, but does St. Paul ever see cheers? I mean, come on. Come on. Come on. Uh, uh, got to go where everybody uh, knows your name. Will they will oh, salmon 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 diet. Will they won't they, huh? Will what they, what are they, they? going to do? They're just a regular old Ross and, and Rachel. St. Paul comes and... in and goes fornicators. <laughs> And he goes, Saint I Paul saw the good place. Kill. You weren't that good in it. St. Paul would be uh, a buzzkill in every single sitcom. I agree. He would, just, he would just slam the doors open and just yell, fornicators. And then <laughs> everyone, everyone would be like, Paul. And then he'd the laugh track. And then it's just, <laughs> it's just drugs. And I don't understand why all these people that live in New York City are keeping their apartment doors unlocked. That's not realistic at all. That's crazy. All right. There's a lot to be said here, but I thought that was good. It was good to to talk through some of those things. I think we should think more about death. This is an unironic opinion that I've had for a very long time. As I was yeah. preparing to give more funeral, to not give more funerals, as I was preparing to do funerals in Newcastle, I was, Father Anthony suggested, he was like, you can't cry. He said, you can't cry. Like you, you may be moved by people like mourning a loved one, but you can't be the one that cries. Um, and so I was like, okay, so I have to like really steal myself and understand. I have to be mm-hmm. used to death. Mm-hmm. Um, Father Anthony, alternatively, is just cold. <laughs> That's not true. He's an emotional boy. He is very emotional. Uh, but I would cry with Father Anthony. I, if I got the chance. I would too, um, but I wouldn't because I'm because I'm not a. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm a wimp. Uh-huh. Um. Oh wait, I never mind. I have a Doctor Ethan Satan corner that's better than this one. Wonderful. I, this is good because we're not making Memento Mori like a brand thing where it's just like, hey, I've got, I made my Twitter cover photo uh, Memento Mori and uh, sometimes I tweet it. It's like, no, actually live as if, like the way that we were talking earlier, like live so that you can be free. And that's the right way to Memento Mori. It's not just like, oh man, I'm going to die. And and look at all this cool branding that <laughs> that tells me that I'm going to die. Like I, I think that I think that the, um, I mean this is a, this is a tired Twitter conversation, but I think that I think that Memento Mori is started by someone the 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 branded movement thing was started by someone who was very uh, virtuous and is a contemplative religious and understands that she's going to die and is like praying and then it started like spreading spreading the word you know like doing that thing and then a publishing company was like. Cha-ching. Oh, nice. Let's yeah. profit off of death, much like the funeral industrial complex. Carry on. <laughs> Dr. Ethan's Dating Corner. Uh, I know it hurts. I'm sorry. It's it's fine. Fine. I, I, I... All right. You came to the right place, you ding-dong. It's called communication, baby. <laughs> Uh, hello. This is a woman. You want to do the, you want to do the introduction oh, of course. to the segment? Yeah, of course. <laughs> do you do this on purpose now? No. Welcome to Dr. Ethan's Dating. I'm just bad at my job. Uh, well, <laughs> welcome to Dr. Ethan's Dating Corner, sponsored by Catholic Match. Catholic Match. You can go follow at Catholic Match on Instagram. In fact, you should go follow at Catholic Match on Instagram because they posted a, um, they're, they posted a Dr. Ethan's Dating Corner survey a new round today and i'm gonna ask them to um pin it on their like a story mm-hmm. whatever oh, yeah, what yeah. are those called I know about Emo- those. yeah sure you know you ever been on instagram um, emojis yeah, yeah 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 pin it on one of their emojis uh, so we'll, that people we'll can, pin it on one of their emoji select. twitch streams and then we'll yes yeah so yeah right go to click open go follow at catholic match and you'll be able to submit your own dating question then you can go to catholicmatch.com slash crunch to get your free profile they're still Woo-hoo. sponsoring the show, and they're going to sponsor it through St. Patrick's Day next year. They just we just that, renewed it, so that's fun. That's so that's awesome. I know, right? <laughs> what the heck? Love a good love a good contract. All right, yeah. This is from Dan. No, sorry, never mind. It's from uh, Dan. From Dan the woman. Dan. <laughs> it's, a- <laughs> um, <laughs> it's from the tribe Dan. This is from Asher. This uh, <laughs> this next day that the data quarters comes from the the half tribe of Manasseh. Uh, Interesting. I, would, I just read that in numbers today. Yeah. Yeah. There, anyway. there was a half tribe. I, as a kid, I was like, "Where's the tribe of Joseph? Split in two. Levites Split aren't two. aren't counted as one of the twelve. I know. So you gotta have twelve, though. You gotta have 
evenness or else the book of numbers makes no sense. Makes no sense. I would like to try dating again, but I got seriously burned last time and it wrecked my spiritual and mental health. I would love to know your thoughts, Dr. Ethan and physician's assistant, Patrick. Okay. Have I read this one before? I don't think so. Okay. First off, love your podcast. Yes. Second, I'm an 18-year-old girl. Third, the actual question. I got out of a bad relationship a couple months ago. In that relationship, my faith life had struggled immensely, and I took up some really bad habits. Since the breakup, I've gotten rid of all of those habits, started going mm. to mental health counseling, and dive deeper mm. into my faith than ever before. I've made some serious progress in the past few months. I've never felt closer to God and happier in my life as a whole. However, what are your thoughts on putting myself out there in the new Catholic circles I'm in? Is it wrong of me that to think that finding a good Catholic boy my age could help me continue on my faith journey at this point in my life, or should I just stick to what I've been doing and trust in God's timing? I would love to hear I your thoughts. I think we have done We've this We've definitely one. done this one already. Yeah. Do you want to cut it and I'll delete it? Yeah. All right. The magic of editing. The magic of editing. Movie magic. I can smell the dinner that Emma's cooking. Uh, I'm a girl in college, broken up, uh, coasting off my relationship with God. I think we've done this one before, too. I broke up with my boyfriend of two years. I was tired of him coasting off my relationship with God. No, that sounds new. Okay. Do it, do it, do it. This one comes from Dan. Naftali. (laughs) This one comes from my boy Gad. (laughs) Any advice for going through a breakup? I am a girl in college. I broke up with my boyfriend of two years because I was tired of him coasting off my relationship with God and not having his Mm. own relationship with God. Not long after I broke up with him, he told me he had started reading the Bible and praying every day and that he's changed. I told him I needed to not speak to him for a month so I could process the breakup properly. I'm facing a lot of fears and doubts about if it was the right thing to do and if it should be permanent. Love, Levi. Let me just say this. So many times in my life, in my past life, let's say there was a girl that I that I really liked that maybe was really into... Uh, uh, elephants. This was true. I was into a girl who was really into elephants in college. That's good. I'm saying it quietly so that she can't hear it <laughs> if she's listening. Um, one time she told me that uh, she didn't want to date, and then I just happened to become like super smart about elephants. Okay. Sure. What I'm saying is this guy's full of it. <laughs> <laughs> This is this is a stew that I've made and served, right? What this guy's uh-huh. cooking up, I I have made this stew and I've added a bit of deception and I've added a little bit of desperation and I've served it up to a woman to try and get her back. It hasn't worked. She's like, now, you don't really like elephants. You're just a faker. I am a faker. I don't even know where they live. <laughs> there's two types. There's a- they're named after the places they're from. <laughs> I know there's Asian and I know there's African, but tell me about the ones in the zoo in Kansas. It's Which ones are those? Indian elephant and an African <laughs> no, elephant. No. India is in Asia, but yeah. <laughs> so that's see, it's it. It's Asia Minor, you know, is what they say. Um, I don't know. If that's true. <laughs> so what you got to do is you got to no. hop on an Indian elephant and tell this guy from the top of the elephant, "Stop, stop it." <laughs> I okay. So he, it could be legit, right? Like we always have to provide for that potentiality, yes. which is that this guy's had a genuine conversion. But but but. You guys dated for two years and throughout that whole two years, he didn't start reading the Bible. He didn't start praying every day. He didn't start. And then all of a sudden you guys break up and he's like, oh, hey, by the way, check it out. He's like flipping through Isaiah. It's like, you're not reading Isaiah. Yeah. Dude. No way. You know, it's like, look at this. And he's like, hey, hey, guess what? Guess what? Your hair is like a flag of goats. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I've got the song of songs. Pretty spicy. Guess uh, what? Yeah. Hey, I'm, re- I'm reading this guy, Jeremiah. He says that you're a lot like a dirty pair of underwear. Uh, I think that was, um, I think that was it's Ezekiel. Definitely Jeremiah. Was Ezekiel. No, definitely. No, it's Jeremiah. No, Ezekiel. Are we going to have a Bible cast fight? Nope. Bible cast fight. Right Bible now? cast fight? Oh, wait. No, maybe it is Jeremiah. Uh, uh, uh. Let's see here. Jeremiah and the parable of the dirty underwear. Jeremiah 13, 1 through 11. Wow. That sucks. 
<laughs> Ethan one, Patrick zero. Honestly, Franciscan who? Jeez, I was con- a lot of them did crazy things. I was confused. Go Barons! Fire me up, a, Barons! I just got a I just got an honorable degree from Franciscan University of <laughs> for besting Patrick. My in first a day, my wits. first day back at grad school was amazing. It was just a bunch of a bunch of. Uh, I'm finally in a in a class with a bunch of actual grad students, but they're all nice. like alum and they're all my friends. Oh, Teresa cool. Bova is in one of my classes. That's amazing. She walked up and I was like, "No way!" And I was like, "Yeah!" And then the the one the one undergrad who was in the class, we were all like, "Friends, friends, friends!" She was just like. <laughs> I should switch out happening? of this class. This is crazy. But it was great. Someone walked by. There was like, yeah, fire me up, Barons. And I was like, hey, ironic school pride. I love that. <laughs> That's so funny. Do you think this guy's legit? Um, I think he even, I think, uh, I think if he's changed, he'll be changed in a year. I don't, I think you should go longer than a month. That's my opinion. Yeah. I think the month uh, is way too short. The month Anybody is too can short. fake having a prayer life for a month. I did it for a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Come on. That's not. But I mean, it's, it's not the same kind of, thing. It's not the same thing. It's, no, no, no. I, I, I'm thinking like you need to. He needs to prove, and there's really no way to do this without actually saying it's over. He needs yeah. to prove that he will have a prayer life, even if you're not on the table. Without you, you know, like yeah. without, even if like getting back yeah. together with you is not on the table. Like it's right. He's he's doing. It's possible he's doing it just to get back together with you. And yes, yeah. Uh, there there needs to be some kind of evidence of a changed life. Um. And you can tell him this too. It's not like you have to be like the game master trying to figure him out. Like that's not communicate. It's all about communication. It's called communication, baby. Name my firstborn son communication. communication, Honestly, you got to be a pretty bad spiritual freeloader in order to go two years and not pick up any tips. You know, like this guy's but like, oh, he was coasting off of my spiritual life. It sounds like he wasn't really doing that much if he just now started to read the pray. Bible. Yeah. And, yeah. Pray every day, you know? Um, so I'm suspicious. Me too. I think I, I trust your judgment. I think you're a smart lady. Obviously you're listening to this podcast, which means you're a genius. Um, so if you're yeah. a Patreon, you're even more of a genius. If yeah. Cause you're, but you're just, just, just never, never forget that I got really into elephants. Okay. <laughs> Am I the kind of guy that would ever be into elephants? Oh my gosh. One time, one time I, oh man, the girl that I liked in sixth grade, she was super Mm -hmm. into horses and we were choosing book clubs. Okay. Nice. I think I told this story on the podcast before she was super into horses and I, and there was one of the, one of the options you could, we all had to pick a book club. Okay. We had to list our preferences from one Mm -hmm. to four and one of the, and one of the, and it was anonymous, right? Okay. So I thought one Uh, of the, it wasn't like, we weren't like saying in front of the class, I want to be in that book, in that book club. Yeah. So uh, there was a book club. There was a book that was a horse book, and I was like, "I know, I know, she's gonna pick that book." And so I put that as my number one choice. Nice. And then I, I, I was like, "Here's what I'll do. I'll get put in the horse book club, right? I get mm-hmm. put in the horse book group, and I have to play it. I have to play it off my friends. I'll be like, oh, man, like I can't believe I got that one. Like, is there a way <laughs> to change it?' But thinking the teacher would be like on my side, but she was like, "Patrick, you put this as your number one," and I was like, "Miss Minner, what are you doing?" <laughs> You can't just out me like that. What are you doing? I'm playing the long con, okay? Here's yeah. here's my plan. Step one, get into horse book club. Step two, magic, baby. <laughs> Come on. Step two, dating. Step two, <laughs> step two, horses. Horse horse noises. This is before I knew what horse girls were, so I think I made dodge a bullet. Yeah. yeah, you really did. Um, the difference between your story and my story is that I was 20 years old when mine <laughs> happened. So, <laughs> it's kind of similar. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. Wait, uh-huh. hold on, hold on. I, I, she's really into elephants. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But she was twenty. Well, she she did this. Th- she like went to like Malaysia or something. Sure. I have no idea where she went. But she like Malaysia lived minor. on an elephant. Yeah. An uh, Malay- <laughs> She lived in an elephant refugee farm. Wait. And, like, sorry. Sorry. Like, the elephants refugees. <laughs> Or wait, no, it was an elephant for the elephants refugees or was it refugees from elephants? Like they were escaping the elephants. The the elephants had had their homes destroyed by roving bands of uh, local warlords and they needed somewhere to stay. And this girl went to Malaysia and like cleaned them and took pictures with them and just generally had a good time. And one of the reasons that we we didn't date, there's a lot of reasons we didn't date. 
one of the reasons we didn't date is because she said, hey, I'm dropping out of school. I'm moving to Oregon mm. to, to live on a on a wildlife preserve. You got to be careful about that. And I watched a documentary. I know. So I was like, dang, that sucks. So she worked with chimps for a while. That's fun. And and I would always say like, hey, were we're both refugees? from Kansas City. Why, why don't you just get a job at the zoo? And she said, I'm never going to work at the zoo. Like ever. Never in my life going to work at the zoo. No joke. Like two years ago, she messages me on Facebook and she says, hey, um, I know we haven't talked in a long time, but I just applied for a job at the zoo. Could you pray for me so that I could get the job? And I was like, I was already well into dating and being engaged to Emma at this point. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, of course I'll pray for you. But also, come on. Come on. What the heck? Like, it just was the most bizarre experience in the world. But yes, I was 20 years old. Yes, I learned a lot about elephants just so that I could uh, try to date this girl. You either die the hero or you live long enough to see yourself work at a zoo. That's the rule. (laughs) You you either die a hero helping the elephant refugees or... (laughs) Bring me me your your huddled masses of elephants. (laughs) Bring me your tired, your huddled masses of elephants. Yes. It was a there was a, a piano factory that opened up nearby and they all had to, had to run away. <laughs> Wait, what? Ivory is how you make the keys. Oh, and the oh man, on, that's Patrick. sad. It's like, it's a horse glue factory kind of thing. Come on. There was a piano factory. Yeah. Oh, that's mean. A piano factory. That's pretty funny. It's really I might funny. That. Yeah. <laughs> I should message her say, hey, I applied for a job at a piano factory. Will you pray for me so I can get a job? Patrick, do you have anything else for the people? Make sure to donate to your local relevant uh, refugee camp. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We will be praying for you, and we will see you all next week.